Good evening. Oh boy, my battery is low. It is 2.35 a.m. on Saturday, October 9. So it's been about a month since I recorded the first segment, I think. Uh, yeah, I was trying to do these more regularly, and it's not happening. Um, or it hasn't happened. And I would like to change that. If I'm going to continue doing it. I don't know if I'm going to continue doing it. I don't know. Um, anyway, just want to let you know, you can skip all of this. This is a big, boring episode of the podcast. And basically, the reason why I'm saying that is because there were a lot of times where, okay, so my trial where Karen Lee Roberts, I'm not going to call her Karen Nabavi anymore, she was trying to take away my kids and she filed a suit in Rankin County, white bread, waspy, racist, shithole, fucking worst place in the universe, Mississippi, and presided by Troy Odom, the Honorable Troy Odom. Who seems to have had it in for me from the beginning. And I don't understand why. This is what I've heard from people. And I don't understand, except for bigoted views and short-sightedness and ignorance. That's the only thing I can chalk it up to. Um, anyway, so I had my trial in September, late September, uh, I think it was 21, 22, 23 September. Um, the outcome was predictable. It was interesting because just to add an accent on it, my attorney, Rob Spotswood, who I have to give a Medal of Valor for because he persisted even though he didn't want to represent me, and I appreciated how he represented me. Um, he did so with 
uh, generosity and friendliness and kindness. And I appreciate that very much. And I need to reciprocate somehow. Anyway, <clears throat> so he, I think, asked the court if I could participate virtually because I'm in fucking Washington State and this trial took place in Rankin County, Mississippi and it was disallowed. I don't even know if it got a, an acknowledgement of any kind. But guess who was able to participate virtually? The guardian ad litem who lives in fucking Ridgeland, Mississippi. So... There you go. They let the people who they favor, which is bias, appear virtually, but they don't let me appear virtually because they want to put me in jail for 90 days because they sent some emails. And that's a big deal. That's a big hubbub. Anyway, I'm sorry, this is taking way too long. This is supposed to be a short intro. The purpose of the intro is to tell you that oh my god it's almost it's over six minutes now i'm sorry um this is a very self-indulgent episode of the podcast um i had my trial where my ex-wife my vindictive fearful rigid myopic primitive ex-wife whom I love um, petitioned the court to take my kids away Entirely. So that means I can't even adopt them in the future. That's pretty severe, isn't it? Um, she is a witch. And... Unless it's accidental. Maybe she didn't know what she was doing. So maybe she's not a witch. She's either evil or stupid. It's pretty much one or the other. At this point. 
Um, so anyway, I have belabored this plenty already. I apologize. Um, what I was trying to say was, you can skip this episode if you don't want to hear me feeling sorry for myself or feeling weepy or whatever. Um, so I'm just giving you a heads up. But future episodes, if I were to record them, will probably be, be very different because it is post-Karen, post-Callie, and which is what we called ourselves, what we called our relationship, and that has evaporated, and... I guess that's it. So, there you go. Enjoy the episode if you want to listen to it. And if you don't, that's fine. Wait till the next one. But don't bitch about it. But no one's giving me feedback anyway. So, There's no bitching to be had. All right. Goodbye. Good morning, folks. It's 12.29 a.m. on Wednesday, September 8, 2021. And feel free to skip this one. This is very self-indulgent. I was going to probably make a... I have a really good audio app on my phones. It's HiQ MP3 recorder, I think is what it's called. And um, they should probably change the name because they it records in different formats. I record in AUG format. So there you go. Um, this is sort of just a personal journal check-in um and it might be useful for anyone who feels um overwhelmed by things i definitely Feeling overwhelmed by to-dos and things in front of me that I have to navigate is if it wasn't the story of my life before Karen kicked me out of the house it was it's definitely the story of my life since then especially after she turned crazy bitch and got the protective order and has put me through legal hell since um, 
at least since mid 2020, I would say, when she was intransigent during our divorce. And um, anyway, you know the story. I'm not going to go into that. So there are so many outstanding items I have right now. I don't know if I can go through the entire list. I'm just so used to thinking about them. Some things might fall off, but I have out, two outstanding insurance claims on the on my van, which is in Mississippi. One of them was some vandalism or something that occurred when I loaned it out to somebody, and then I was stuck in jail, so she had it for my supposed friend had it for 40 days and when I got it back there was a busted rear window power window is like a one of those ventilation windows on a van it's a Toyota Sienna and then um, weeks after I got out of jail there was a um, storm that came through Mississippi because the Gulf Coast in that area is a horrible place to live, especially with global warming and changing weather patterns. And um, so a big tree branch fell down and hit the hood. So I had to make two claims on the van. That's still outstanding. Fortunately, my neighbor there is helping me remotely in getting it either fixed or sold or both. Um, but dealing with the insurance company has been problematic. They send reimbursement checks to the wrong address because I've moved, even though I've changed my address on file. I don't know what the goddamn problem is. That's one issue. Another issue is my car was stolen before I left Mississippi, two weeks before I left, I think. It was in mid-February. And um, that's still outstanding. Same thing, they settled the claim many, many weeks ago and figured out a dollar amount and I still have not received the check for it. This is from USAA. I would expect that they would do a better job at this. And getting my house sold in Mississippi, I still own it, but when I left, because I didn't want to go to jail for 90 days, it's basically been sitting there and I'm negotiating the sale of the house. It's taking a while. I'm anxious to get that crossed off the list. For months, I think since February, I've had a trial scheduled in September for my wife's petition to remove me as my children's father, basically, which is a cunty thing to do. And um, there may be a continuance based on circumstances I'll go into later, but I'm not sure about that. And I've yet to retain new counsel. Um, my former slash reluctantly current attorney is moving to withdraw as my counsel. I don't know if it turns out recently, I found out that they that may affect the trial date. There may be a continuance, I'm not sure or not. But like I said, I still haven't retained new counsel. I've consulted with potentially new counsel and um, 
but uh, that still is not a done deal, and it, that's making me anxious, having all that stuff up in the air. A side effect of not having the reimbursement checks from the insurance company is I still don't have a car, so I have not had a car since my car was stolen in mid-February. Living in Portland, which is the first place I went to, that was not as much of a problem. There were lots of stores and <clears throat> places of any kind, bars, grocery stores, shipping stores, banks. I could walk to those places in 15 minutes or so at the most. And um, But having moved to Kelso, Washington, it's made it a little less convenient to live without a car. I can walk to the post office, grocery store. There are a lot of places I can still go to, but for example, the marijuana dispensary I w went to yesterday, I think, um, because I'm trying out different, um, or I want to try out different um, possible replacements for the dextromethorphan. Um, that was, uh, I think when I looked it up on Google Maps, it said it was 1.6 miles away, but then when I did the directions on foot, it turned it into 2.8 miles um, because you have to go up a state highway for a while. So there, I had to, it was sort of circuitous and... Um, took me almost an hour to walk there and anyway those are the main things um second tier concerns I would say I was consulted by one of these companies that helps you with your credit card debt after Karen kicked me out of the house I paid for a lot of stuff with credit cards because I didn't have a job and I needed to basically set up a new household. And um, since then I've started setting up two more households. When I was at Adolfo's place in Portland, I bought quite a few things. Now I'm living, where I'm living now, it's a larger area. I don't just have a bedroom, I have basically a basement of a house. So I if needed to purchase some other things, but I don't have any credit cards anymore. Um, so anyway, this uh, company, I think it's Litigation Professionals Group or Professional Litigation, I think it's Litigation Professionals Group. They um, basically try to legally maneuver the system. I don't know how legitimate it is, but... Um, they, it would knock my debt down more than, I think basically down to about a third, the goal would be, of what it is existing. And then I would pay them a fixed monthly fee to pay back that debt. So I've declared bankruptcy in the past. I declared bankruptcy in... 
it was closed in 1998. I was 27 years old. And um, I was a little reluctant to do that again. Um, I could see a house purchase coming up pretty soon. So if there's a better way to resolve my debt situation without putting my credit status in limbo for the next seven years, which is what happened last time, my um, after I declared bankruptcy, even though subsequent to that, uh, my credit card usage was perfect. I had no outstanding debt, but because I had a bankruptcy on my record, it took a good seven years for my credit to, uh, well, actually my credit score itself went up pretty quickly, but just the fact that my bankruptcy was not seven years old yet, that prevented me from doing some things and I was trying to avoid it, which is why I went to this litigation professionals group. Um, so that's an outstanding project slash to do, try to figure out what to do with them. Um, what else? Then I was offered a job that would pay me potentially almost three times what I'm making now at my current job. And I felt like I couldn't pass that up. So there's been some job hunting activities um, or job, job application activities that has, has take, have taken up my time. And just the daily stressors of living in an environment that is not in my complete control. And it's definitely much better than my last place. Way better. Um, but there are still significant issues. I think I just... Um, need to have my own place. I'm trying to be okay with things for now and be accepting and remember this is water and trying to roll with things, which has basically kept me alive for the last few years is rolling with things. And, but um, I still, like my posts earlier in my, I think the last podcast episode, I was talking about the drug situation. And um, I definitely do better with some help. Unfortunately, the best help uh, I've found so far medicinally is dextromethorphan, which I purchased from Amazon and I don't know if it's due to the supply chain issues related to COVID, but because I don't think I live in that remote a location, but um, my last order 
it will, by the time it gets here, it will have taken about two weeks or so from when I ordered it. And that was on Prime, which I'm not used to. So I've got a long time without it. And <clears throat> I definitely see a difference. Like I said many, many, many times, there's a reason why I started taking it. And these times when I go without it, it reminds me of why I took it. And um, years and years prior to taking it, because um, I only started taking it regularly in about 2017, um, prior to that, I went um, three years without taking any medication. I don't want to turn this into a drug segment. Um, but I went three years without any medication, and the last medication I took, mirtazapine, which I think is a generic name, and Remeron was the brand name, or maybe I got that backwards. No, I think that's right. Uh, I was taking that for a good two or three years, and the only reason why I was taking it, basically, was because it was the only medication that my psychiatrist and I tried that did not have life-stopping, show-stopping sexual side effects. There was no... I was not convinced that it was doing any good for me. It was a... a I think it was an SSRI, um, but it was a like a something generation... SSRI, which was supposed to be better. Anyway, so when I stopped it, I didn't feel any difference. My life only continued to improve. I got into great physical shape. My career was better. Um, all kinds of things were better. Um, and I just feel like it was my normal life trajectory. I'm not saying it was hurting me. And stopping the medication helped me. I'm just saying that I don't think it was really doing any benefit. And I was taking the maximum recommended prescription dosage at that time. I think it was 65 milligrams per day or something. But, and there were other things I could have tried. Um, for some reason, I guess it is turning into a drug segment. So when I went to jail, you know, I was speaking with my friend Nick... And he's taken all kinds of drugs. And um, he was convinced that Xanax, that class of medication, I don't know if that's benzos or what, or related to benzos, or clonopin, he felt like those would be my best bet. And I said, I don't know why anyone has not recommended that. And I still don't. And he said, what you don't want to do is go into a psychiatrist's office and say, I need Xanax or Clonopin, because then they will put their retarded, reflexive stamp on your profile that says, what is it, drug-seeking behavior? And they're sure not to give it to you. And I've described all the symptoms, and... 
Um, for some reason, no one has given me that. And so there's an entire class of pharmaceuticals that no one has prescribed to me, which I'm resentful for and bitter about, because if they had, maybe that would have helped me. And I wouldn't have had to take dextromethorphan. And Karen wouldn't have had to freak out because I was self-medicating. Even though there are, there is at least one prescription medication that has dextromethorphan in it, but that didn't matter to her. Uh, she's in, uh, she's like some kind of a provincial frightened superstitious person. And, um, so anything that doesn't come from an MD, she thinks is invalid. So recently, <clears throat> recently I've looked into therapists locally. I was shocked at how few there are that are in Kelso or Longview. And so it really limits my options. I think there are probably something like four psychiatrists in one of those cities towns so the rest would have to be video sessions and they say they can do 100% remote telemedicine so I'll have to make sure that everything is straight with my health plan with my new employer um, I don't that still is not settled but once it is settled, I think I will try and find somebody to talk to and possibly for medication management and try out something. That's not, I'm not counting on that. If they try to put me on a typical SSRI or something I've taken in the past, I'm not going to do it. But if they're open to trying something else, then I might. Especially from what I understand, Washington State and um, I think the Northwest in general has the, have the um, most rigid standards for, I think it's, I don't know if it's medicine entirely, like certification and everything, or if it's uh, someone who's, who I met who's sort of in the know, at least in my understanding said that uh in psych psychiatric in the psychiatric field i think they have the most stringent um process for certifying board certifying somebody so that seems good so i think i might find somebody who's a little op more open-minded especially because in the whole region they seem to be more open-minded and um as evidenced by their legalization or decriminalization of drugs like marijuana and mushrooms and I don't know what else, mainly those two things. Anyway, um, I guess the rest of what I wanted to check in about was just I think feeling overwhelmed, not having dextromethorphan, which is one of the main tools in my toolbox, it's, I'm finding it really hard to meet the challenges of my to-do list 
really good about making to-dos and plans and charting out exactly what I want to accomplish and how to accomplish it. But as far as performing those tasks, that's where I get, I can get stuck and given to resistance and um, feeling overwhelmed and just not, or just having a hard time getting started because it just seems so insurmountable sometimes. And I think that's one of those aspects of what is beneficial about dextromethorphan for me. It just, I don't, I'm, those concerns do not, if they do appear in my mind, they do not stop me from just doing whatever seems beneficial to do in the moment. I'm just able to do something. I identify things that are causing me stress and I do them and but right now I am having a hard time with that. So but I'm trying to use more of the cognitive behavioral therapy tools that I learned with Dr. Pacheco in Washington DC and um, I've been making uh, lists on Trello, reminders, daily reminders, affirmations, positive response cards, which is also sort of what was in Beck Diet Solution. Um, and that's been useful, getting back on track with that, sort of um, not just a pep talk, but just sort of like a reorientation practice every day or grounding practice, centering practice, reading a set of cards, um, reminding myself of what's important and sort of having a baseline mental outlook every day that puts me in the best position to be objective and neutral about things, not being pessimistic not being reflexive or reactive, but um, being deliberate about what I focus my attention on. And, <coughs> pardon me, um, what I want to achieve and do. And that's been helping. And um, I think a lo lot of why that is possible how I'm able to get to this point is just having some stability, finally. Having a place that seems pretty safe to live in. Um, not a lot of turmoil. Um, finally getting a paycheck. Having, starting to develop some financial security. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, basically. I've addressed... Um, some of some of my lower needs and now I'm working my way up so that's how I would describe what's been happening so maybe that's been beneficial for people to hear hopefully which is part of why I do anything like this is because I feel like it might be useful to people and you shouldn't be a victim of the people you're related to or happen to be friends with 
I think it is helpful to draw upon the wisdom of the entire community and um, that involves sharing and I feel like people don't do enough sharing at least not of things important I think on TikTok and Facebook and shit like that people share all kinds of stuff but how much is it how much of it is really helpful so that's my attitude about it and that's part part of why I try to um, or want to conduct myself like this being very public is it does help me to express it and hopefully it helps other people I feel like some of the best things we can do are I hate aircraft noisy aircraft on a residential area One of the best things we can do is set a good example for not just our children, but other people. And so there you go. And I'm not saying I'm perfect by any means. I'm just thinking about what some people might be thinking about um, critically about what I'm saying. But... Um, just sharing my own perspective on things and a, my own experience in the world. Anyway, all right. Thanks for listening. Good night. So, let's see what time it is. Uh, it's 7.42. Okay. Little sip of ginger root beer, Zevia. I'm starting to feel like myself again. And creating a scene, if you will. don't quite have the PA system of my dreams set up. Um, if you could see the blue dragonflies that I bought at Ikea, the illuminated string of blue dragonflies, it might enhance the experience. Sorry, I'm picking my teeth with my tongue. Because I just had some almonds. Some wasabi soy sauce almonds. They were really good. Anyway, so I'm just taking a look around. I did a little unpacking today. A little more unpacking. Um, like rearranging some things. I feel like things are getting together. 
Again, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. Pardon me. But each time I do this, I feel like I learn something more about myself. The process of unpacking and settling and arranging. <coughs> Pardon me. Seeing what's important. <coughs> It's all been very helpful. Um, but you don't have to keep doing it all the time. I would like it to end at some point. Um, what I did want to say was I finally, finally, finally made it to Freedom Market in Kelso, Washington. And that's the marijuana dispensary that I was advised to go to. And um, so anyway, I picked up my stuff, which included a vape pen and two half grams selections of um pre-filled marijuana cartridges. I don't know how you put what the best way to say what I just said would be. <clears throat> anyway, so that's what I did. I skipped the edibles for now. They did have some vegan edibles and I might try those later. Um, anyway, so I came home yesterday and tried the sativa cartridge well that was not exactly what I wanted first of all it was pretty strong stuff and I was coughing from it why was I coughing from it that's the whole reason why I wanted to vape I was trying to, I thought the heat from the smoke is what was making me cough. <clears throat> I don't think it was. I turned the voltage all the way down to it at three voltage settings and it didn't feel hot. I didn't feel any heat going down my throat. I think it's just the marijuana. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. If I want to ingest something that makes me react that way. So I have the Indica cartridge that I have yet to try. I will try that and let you know how it goes. And then there are always mushrooms, which I did not quite get to get off the ground in Mississippi before I had to evacuate due to Hurricane Karen. Ha <laughs> ha! Maybe that's what I'll call it. All right. Apparently I'm in a good mood tonight. Um, I'm glad. It's been a while. Okay. I'm sure something interesting will happen this weekend and I'll tell you all about it. Hope you have a wonderful weekend yourself. I love you. Have a good time with your family and yourself. And...
Just try to be present and in the moment. Be where you are. All right. Goodbye. Hello. I just wanted to take this opportunity to say I do regret some of the things that I've said on this podcast or things that I've (coughs) written on my blog or emailed to people or said to them face to face or whatever. But um, the way that digital media seems to linger and not really be tied to a certain place or time it does seem like it's a little different especially when it's made public and can be unearthed by anybody as opposed to a letter that you send to somebody and it's up in their attic and they can decide whether or not to open it again and read it again. So I just wanted to say that I do regret some of the things that I've said or commented on. I hate to mention specifics because if somebody didn't (laughs) catch it the first time, I don't want to go back and say it again. But anyway, when I'm expressing something, I do cross the line. I try to be, um, I don't know. I haven't, I didn't lay this out beforehand. I try to observe some kind of a rule where I don't say anything that's personally offensive, doesn't offend an immutable characteristic of the person or criticizes a, an immutable, immutable characteristic of a person. Um, mostly criticize. I feel like fair game is criticizing someone's behavior, their, what they say or do. Um, but not the person herself and I'm not saying herself because I'm talking about Karen my ex-wife I'm just saying herself as opposed to him's himself because I'm trying to flip flip it not be heteronormative thank you Karen for exposing me to the term heteronormative a long time ago um I was feeling a little guilt. I was just thinking about something I said about somebody on a previous podcast. I don't know if he caught it. He probably never listened to it. I was sort of making fun of him, thought he was being a jerk. But 
This is Water. David David Foster Wallace, right? Get his name wrong. <laughs> um, I feel like that was mean. I don't. I never intend to be mean, unless I feel like somebody has attacked me and I'm dishing it back, which is really the only reason why I ever say nasty things. Um, actually, I had a conversation with a friend today, which is probably what made me think about all this stuff. And the only reason why I call my ex-wife names is, is when I feel so wounded and hurt, personally hurt by her. And not in an unintended way. Like when I'm feeling like all that's happened has been a malicious attack which she hasn't talked to me um, not that she would necessarily tell me the truth but I don't know what really truly motivated this but I know the results and I know that I would not do this to somebody unless I fucking hated them <laughs> so when I feel like someone hates me and doesn't give a shit about my welfare, then I tend to feel like I can say whatever the fuck I want. Which is when I say those things. But I know that in the end, we must all rise above for our own benefit. And... There are a whole lot of convoluted reasons why that's the case. I'm not going to go into it right now. But it's just better for everybody to just rise above and move forward and take care of yourself. And forgive and forget. Because the past is only a, a huge waste of time. Unless you're writing a book about something. Alright. That's it. Good evening. <coughs> Pardon me. It's 10.55 on... <coughs> Wednesday, September 15th, 2021. I am standing in the driveway of the house I am living in. It's a pretty night, clearer sky. See some stars, planets, other things. Um... I'm realizing that I'm feeling the weight of the events that are coming this week as my trial approaches. The 
trial that my ex-wife asked for to take away my parental rights from my of my children and I've been communicating with my attorney Rob Spotswood who's a good guy I like him a lot and he's been really honest with me and I'm sorry he couldn't withdraw as my attorney as he wanted to <clears throat> um, apparently I'm a difficult client But anyway, he's being a good guy. I appreciate him. And he has a very good demeanor. I spoke with a guardian ad litem. Um, just to catch him up and let him know that you know, I keep thinking these things are obvious, but apparently they may not be. Like, I had, uh, my attorney advised me that it would be a good idea to speak with the guardian ad litem. <clears throat> and explain to him that the reason why I have not been in contact with the children is not because I didn't want to be in contact with the children. It's because I couldn't, because Carden wouldn't let me, and I'm not with them because I left Mississippi because I didn't want to go to jail for 90 days. It's not that I don't love them or want to be with them or talk to them. It's for those other reasons that are beyond my control for the most part. So I did that. I spoke with him, the guardian ad litem. And <clears throat> also told, told him that I've been buying gifts for the boys, but I, was, I didn't know if I should send them to them because I felt like, I don't even know if Karen's gonna, I probably said this before, I don't even know if she would give them what I send to them. She wouldn't talk to me. I really don't know. I could see her storing them all in a closet for years and years and then giving them all that I sent them when they go off to college or something stupid like that. I don't know. Because she hasn't spoken with me. Because she's a coward and an idiot. I haven't spoken with them, her or my children, or my mother-in-law, for about a year now. That's fucked up. You would think there would be some serious precipitating event to cause something like that to happen. But there isn't one. 
It's infuriating. I don't get worked up over it anymore. Like I used to. But it's just astonishing to me that this can happen. And that this makes sense to anybody. This is inhumane treatment, period. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the law says. It is... It does not conform to human... The margins of human ex existence. Which is why I call it inhumane. So anyway, so I had to tell the guardian ad litem, yeah, I've been buying these things for my kids and I'm afraid to send them to them because I don't know if their mother is going to give them to them or not. I've been recording audio messages, but I, and I've, I tried to send a couple of them, but largely I've just been recording them on my own and not sending them to Karen because I don't know if she's going to send them to my children. And so eventually they can listen to them and see, oh, our dad did love us and want to be with us and talk with us. And mommy didn't let him do that. And same thing with letters. I've written some letters that I haven't mailed. I've written emails. I have mailed some emails. Um, some of them I've kept as drafts. Um, I've made video messages. Anyway, so a lot is going to become clear, I hope, after next week, after the trial is over. And I'll find out if Karen has a heart and it's going to let me have a relationship with my children. As I may or may not have said on previous segments of the podcast or blog entries. The judge seems predetermined to rule against me in this case. And due to bias and prejudice and ignorance. And um, no one in the court up to this point has gotten a clear picture of what's happening. It's very skewed, very limited very splintered view of events and um, so it seems very little hardly based in truth or fact which is again infuriating to have matters of such consequence 
judged in a forum that disallows open discussion and reason and pursuit of truth. It's not about the truth. Anyway, so it's a big week for me, and I'm feeling the weight of it on me. And I'll be happy when it's over. I'll be relieved somewhat, one way or another, that I'll finally have seen what's on the other side of this thing. And then I can go from there. But I stand behind everything I've done and said and we'll see what happens and all I want is to have a relationship with my own children that have been stolen from me by my resentful embittered ex-wife for reasons I don't understand why she feels that way um, they seem completely unjustified unjustifiable to me but anyway that's purely her prerogative she can feel however she wants it doesn't seem logical but <clears throat> So I think I've made peace with it to an extent that I can get by with whatever happens next week. I don't think it's going to floor me. But um, as has been the habit throughout this process, when these events occur these big milestones they do take a toll that is unanticipated to me it's not until for example when I was actually signing the papers signing the house over to Karen that I felt the weight of the magnitude of the action I was taking and it wasn't financial loss in any regard that's not what i was concerned about it was just the signi the significance of it um in a personal context interrelational context and i expect probably the same thing will happen during the trial even though i'm not going to be present and they won't allow me to, to appear virtually because they are trying to force me to go there so I will be forced to be in jail. They, they do have people appear virtually, but they probably will not let me because, again, they just want me to... They're trying to fuck me basically, and 
So anyway, so even though I won't be there during the trial, I'll probably hear the updates from my attorney and um, be preoccupied with them. So, I will update everybody on here afterward. And whatever documents I receive, I will probably post. <sighs> All right. I'm done. Sorry for rambling, if I was. Have a good night. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Boy, it's been a long time since I published my last podcast. It is 9.03 p.m. on Tuesday, September 21st, 2021. And I believe this is the second day of my trial in Rangan County. Mississippi, and I've had a long day. I've had a hard time thinking of anything else but this day and this week and this trial, and I finally bit the bullet and ordered some more alcohol. I've been trying to stay off of alcohol but until I can find better alternatives, this is sort of the poor man's solution to it, in my situation at least. And I've had a hard time relaxing. I felt very anxious. I feel like I'm prepared for a certain degree of badness coming out of this trial. Um, remains to be seen what the final consequences are. I will find out about that later this week. I've been reluctant to record a podcast during this time because I felt like I didn't want to... I don't know. I didn't want to be too reactionary. Um, I've had a lot of emotions on the surface more than usual for the last week, at least, leading up to this. Um, I've been pretty depressed and <clears throat> realizing that this is all going to be concluded soon and it's a very, there's almost nothing I can do about it after this, after the trial. There's an appeals process. It's a little muddy to me what that's like. 
But in any case, I have to appear personally. And if I were to do that, they would put me in jail for 90 days. So it seems like appeals is not an option for me. I've been writing a blog entry. I feel like for things like this, writing is probably a little better. It's a little more precise. It says <clears throat> more accurately what I'm thinking. And I will publish it soon. In brief, the overriding thought I have is I even now after all the shit that I've been put through by Karen since she kicked me out of the house but more so after she got the restraining order I don't see how she can be so cruel and unsympathetic she's not the person I knew at all either she retains her mental faculties that I thought she had. And this is simply a strategy for protecting her children. Or there's been a more fundamental change in her. where she has basically flipped and her version of reality, which in my opinion is extremely skewed, is overriding and justifies all of the I don't want to say mean-spirited. I mean, it comes off as mean-spirited. But um, basically all of the cruel, inhumane actions she's taken toward me. And I don't know what the rest of it is. I think after the trial is over, I'll know. Um, I guess that's it for now. I'll say more in my blog entry. I'm feeling a little too...
hurt and aggrieved to say anything else right now. I'd rather do something where I can edit it a little more. We'll see what happens at the end of this week. Good morning. It is 9.17 a.m. on Wednesday, September 22nd, 2021. And I've been trying to... I really wish I had a home of my own so I could play the music that I want to play during these podcast segments and live the way I want to live. But that is going to come later, apparently. Right now I'm renting a room in a house and things are beyond my control and I have to be very careful about the noise that I make and I'll leave it at that. Anyway, so I was, um, so I believe this is day three of my three-day trial. Um, in Mississippi, where my ex-wife is taking away my children completely. Good for you, baby. You win. What an accomplishment. And um, I just wanted to say that it was nice to go into this with an actual attorney. Um, Rob Spotswood wanted to withdraw as my counsel, which I understand. That's not unprecedented. Someone else wanted to do that also, and he did, and left me in a lurch. In fact, he withdrew as my counsel on the same day that I went to jail. That was Chris Tab, the, I would say, money-grubbing. I paid him in an AR-15. Um that says anything to you. And anyway, Rob Spotswood, once his motion was, motion to withdraw was rejected by the court, the biased and prejudiced Trey Odom, sorry, Troy Odom, Trey is the guardian ad litem, um, he stepped up and he was very nice and not just civil, but friendly and uh, cordial. And I appreciate his help immensely. Um, I am unsure of what I've said about him in the past on here, but... I feel like based on his conduct during this time, 
I have to um, give him nods, and I appreciate his being there with me through this. Thank you very much, Rob. If you're listening to this, um, there have been some things brought to my attention about the potential outcome of this, this case, and I am trying not to let that worry me because there's nothing I can do about it at this point, and which seems to be the story of my life. Not having control and just having to see what happens. And we'll see what happens at the end of the case. I have to remember that I do have abilities and capabilities and powers bestowed upon me as a human being on earth and there are things I can do and as Dr. Pacheco told me I have choices so I guess I will just have to wait and see what the outcome is and then make choices appropriately it seems so insurmountable things I haven't really gone to into on here um, debt I guess it's mostly dead. Jeez. I haven't gotten into any other legal trouble. Um, so, anyway. Um, just trying to do the best I can. And I might delete this segment. This is too... I don't know. I'm going to add a flag. We'll see what that happens. See what that does. Hey, folks. It's 6.38 p.m., on Wednesday, September 22nd, 2021. And um, this is another self-indulgent episode or segment. So feel free to skip it. It's more like an open journal entry. But uh, this has been the most depressed I've been in 
Well, it's hard to say. Ever since Karen kicked me out of the house, I've gone through extreme episodes of <clears throat> depression and anxiety also, I guess, but mostly depression, I would say. And um, I think part of it is because the trial is this week and... Everything seems to come down to this. And um, leading up to it, I felt like I had to pay attention to it. I had to speak with the attorneys, try and figure out if there was anything I could do. Um, there was a motion I was, uh, my attorney and I were working on to... Basically, early this year, um, as a an offering to Karen and her counsel, I was voluntarily going to surrender my parental rights. And um, in order to get the jail sentence lifted and make peace, basically try and give her what she wants. What I did not know at the time was um, what that entailed exactly. And the document that I got that I ended up signing but told my attorney not to file yet. Said that I would, it's a state statute, apparently. It wasn't up to some idiot um, to draft it. It was coming straight from Mississippi statute. Basically, when you sign that document, you sign away your custody rights, you sign away all legal rights. And you basically don't become there. You, you become no one to them. And not only that, but you, it's worse than no one because you aren't even eligible to adopt them in the future. You sign away adoption rights, not just current rights, basically, but all future rights. And I couldn't do that. <clears throat> and so I told my attorney I could not go forward with this. Well, he filed it anyway. And either out of a misunderstanding or he thought better of it and felt like he needed to do it on my behalf. I don't know what. And uh, so, anyway, last week I finally sent him an affidavit that he prepared for me to withdraw that document. I don't know if he was able to do it in time. And it probably does nothing at this point. It's probably just an empty gesture because 
I think Karen is going to get that exactly, regardless of whether or not I signed it. And that kills me. And which is why I'm depressed. And, um... I'm going to take a little break. Hold on. Okay, I'm back. Um, let's see. So, there you have it. Um, that's where I am. And... In the past, ever since probably 2017, when I started this journey, this adventure, this leg of my life's adventure, where I What's the right way to put it? Chose to liberate myself from my current path. And um, I started taking care of myself. And I fixed my chronic health problems, which were primarily my shoulders and my back. And changed my life, basically. This is the part of the story that doesn't get told in all of this. When I was still with Karen, we separated on, I guess it was December 31st, 2018, when she told me she didn't want me to be in the house anymore. That was the day after our, if I remember correctly, of our ill-fated drive home from our trip to New Orleans where I yelled at her in the car and that's all it took for her to want to separate because um, she's a coward and a pussy and especially when confronted by truth like the truth I laid down on her in the car which was all of my frustration and hurt and anger at her for how she had been fucking with my life. Um, she coerced me into going to a 45-day treatment program at the Meadows. I felt like if I didn't go, she was going to leave me. And then every minute I spent at home when I got back, Pretty much felt like the clock was ticking. She was not a well-intentioned partner in any sense. We were adversaries at that point. There was no working with me. She was not a supportive person. There was no problem solving going on. It was basically bargaining, and 
she wanted me to cripple my life again. And I didn't want to do it. Because like I said, starting in 2017, that was when I started turning my life around. And getting my priorities straight, it helped me liberate myself from a job that was soul-crushing and examine other avenues for myself. And um, even during that year, 2018, when I was at home, the last year I was at home with my family, I was still enthusiastic. I was optimistic. I was enjoying life with my children. Um, I saw nothing but possibilities on the horizon. And I was working on finishing my degree. But then after she kicked me out of the house, I felt... Um, Pretty quickly, I started feeling depressed. And uh, I didn't know what the future was going to hold. Especially after she became... Her behavior became pretty apparent to me. How she was going to conduct herself during our divorce process. That was very upsetting to me. And depressing she was intransigent. She did not. She kept me waiting indefinitely for a divorce agreement. Uh, she was in no rush. She was a very inconsiderate, unfeeling person then. And then um, when we finally got our divorce signed... Uh, which took basically a year and a half just basically for her to send me some documents. And um, anyway, talking about I don't know what the fuck that guy's doing over there with that table saw. I don't know if you guys can hear it. It's bothering me a lot. Do you have to wait till 6 p.m., almost 7, to do this? Anyway. Like I said, you could have skipped this part. But, uh, now I'm just waiting for him to do it again. But I feel like, uh, <clears throat> 
I don't know how you guys are. If any of you have depression, whether it's episodic or chronic, I feel like with me, it is probably more episodic. And um, when I was seeing Dr. Pacheco in Washington, D.C. for six years or so, she never diagnosed me with anything um, because I didn't really have anything according to a classical diagnosis of any of these disorders, anxiety or depression or ADHD or anything. But um, we felt like there were symptoms of those things that were worth possibly treating to see if they would make things easier. And that's what, to a large part, guided our trials of different medications and nothing really worked. The only thing that really worked, I have to say, was, I have to remind myself, were beta blockers. And those definitely helped with my anxiety. She didn't really give me, there were a lot of things she didn't give me that I think a lot of people would have been given, like Xanax or... um, what are they? Benzodiazepams. Didn't give me any of those. Those might have done something. When I was in jail, my friend Nick told me that, in his opinion, those are exactly the ones that I should have been getting. And based on the symptoms that I told him. And um, anyway, so I've never gotten those. Here's Sammy the cat. Hey, Sammy the cat. Hey, baby. I call him Samuel Clemens. He's coming to get some food. In he goes. Um, sorry, this is such a long, rambling segment. Good thing you can fast forward. The thing that I, the cycle that I'm trapped in, in my life, <clears throat> it's, it's been extremely binary, I would say, where basically either I do everything right, quote unquote right, or I don't do anything. Um... I'm in the don't do anything phase. And I'm waiting and trying to push myself into the do everything right phase. And it's just taking a hell of a long time. And I feel like it is due very much to feeling pessimistic about current events my trial coming up, I feel a lot of pressure to deal with um, some business that I'm dealing with in my personal life. And um, trying to keep up with my, still feels like a new job. I've had it for 
probably about five weeks now, but um, still working on that, working on getting up every day early and doing the doing what's necessary with that and um so that seems to be taking up all of my energy and but i know i need to get back on the do everything right track I think part of it is <clears throat> a lot of what I've been wanting to do and feel the urge to do is self-expression, like blogging, like podcasting, like recording music, and it just seems so distant. I do these podcasts now, even though I don't feel the, it's for a much different reason. It's more like therapy at this point. Um, when I started doing it, it was very much, it was therapy also, I suppose, but it was in a more creative vein and, um, 7 p.m. Oh, okay. I have to do free agents for football. Um, it doesn't matter. I don't even know why I'm recording this. I should probably just stop it. If I leave it in here, it might be an oversight. I think I need to come back in before I publish this episode and probably remove it. So if you're hearing it, I apologize. Because I probably will want to delete it. All right. So I feel like this is actually... A worthy podcast segment. It's not just a diary entry, which is fine sometimes. It's, if you're interested, it's 8.16 p.m. Saturday, September 25th, 2021. I'm in Kelso, Washington. So basically... come to the conclusion that <laughs> I mean it illustrates it 
I don't even know where to start. I don't know the best way to present this. I'll leave that up to people who have more time and money than I do. But basically, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I promise. I'm, I'm starting something. We did inside the fire. Hold on. By the way, have you heard the versions of Highway to Hell and Ghost of Tom Jode with Tom Morello and Bruce Springsteen and Eddie Vedder? I heard about them on Tom Morello's podcast, which was pretty interesting. So I subscribed to it, and I heard a couple more interesting episodes, including episodes with Steve Vai and Perry Farrell. And it was pretty cool hearing them talk about that kind of stuff. It was a very unfiltered. Oh my god. Totally destroyed my cigarette. Alright. That's what I get. Just being careless. Turn the fan on. See, this podcast segment could have been over already, but I've stretched it out by doing footwork and stuff. I even have a protein shake to drink. Oh boy, so much stuff to do. Anyway, so the main reason why I wanted to record this segment was because I realized that There are all these, when you click on, all right. The premise is you're in an online life, an online world, which we are. We are all in an online world. We've been in it for a long time. Naively, even the people who were engineering it were naive. They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know how to write code well. 
until after they wrote a lot of code. And <clears throat> anyway, don't get off track. So what is distressing me right now is now we have this situation with the UI experience where we are constantly asked to acknowledge things. Constantly. Almost, relatively speaking. And I don't give a shit about this first world problem notion. That, uh, I don't know who came up with that first, but, um, it was a stupid idea. These are, the first world is what is drilling this planet into the abyss. So I would think you would probably want to give a shit about, um, first world, world problems. Dumbass. Know, your, know what you're dealing with, in other words. But anyway, for people who can't be bothered with such things. Oh my God. I feel like I haven't unloaded like this in a long time. It feels good. I'm beating around the bush. One thing that my misguided ex-wife gifted me with was an understanding of how many of our phrases and figures of speech, not figures of speech, who am I talking about? Colloquial, col colloquialisms. Maybe. Come from animals. And like, animal mistreatment. Think about it. When you start thinking about metaphors you use to explain things, it usually results in some something being killed, dismembered, segmented out um, or an, a, an approach to an endeavor to achieve those things. Anyway, back to what I, my original point. So we're constantly being bombarded by the these asks to exceed and confirm like that covers someone at someone's ass the scary part is does that actually cover someone's ass because if that's all it takes that's probably it should be more significant and honestly 
when you see these things, here's the real, here's the root of it. When you see these things popping up all over the place, you realize you're in a hostile environment. These people basically are your enemies. When everything is laid right out in the open and the corporate retailers are apparent with their goods and wares and what they want you to do and how they want you to do it. And you come out with your stuff. Well, this is when things become, if you're aware of it, more honest and you understand what's actually happening <coughs> army man i used to really record a lot of stuff and not give a shit about what I left in my podcast segments. And uh, then I went through a period, which was probably very brief, where I actually tried to clean it up some. And now I'm back to sort of not caring and doing it sort of guerrilla style. I don't have time to do editing here. I don't have the peace of mind or mental capacity or space capacity, physical capacity, to do the editing that's required to turn this into a finely polished product for you. I'm sorry. I would like it to be better. I would like to cut out all the silence. I would like to cut out all the bullshit. But I can't do that right now. Um... Back to my original point. So, you have all these things you have to click on to supposedly let them off the hook and now you can use their website or their app because you've clicked on the checkbox, you've clicked on the X, You've closed the page. You've accepted the terms. You don't know what it is. You didn't read it. No one reads it. We need the EU. We need the EU. I was reading that they were going to possibly force phone providers to use USB-C chargers on docking, on physical ports. 
or whatever. If there's a port, it has to be USB-C basically to avoid waste, which makes complete sense. Standardization. Uh, best of breed. Hate to use another animal metaphor. I was looking for something else that didn't come in time. Um, I'm getting sort of sleepy. But I'm going to finish this one. Hopefully you're still listening. All right. Um, and maybe I can edit this one out of mercy and cut out some of the silence. I don't know. Or the butts and ands and whatevers. Um, where was I? Like that, for example. I'm really sorry. I mean, part of it, whenever I do any kind of podcasting or video recording, streaming or whatever, it always, I feel like I'm taking up your time, taking up too much of your attention. So I appreciate what you give me and I apologize if you feel like you wasted it. And... I'll try to do better next time. How's that? It's all I can do. I'll learn from my mistakes. I've started putting together Trello boards for processing podcast episodes. Um, hopefully that will lead to a workflow that works for me. I started doing a similar thing for blogging a while ago and that helped. Um, Anyway, this is so far gone from where it was supposed to be. Hello, everybody. It's 10.39 p.m. on Thursday, September 30th, 2021. I am standing outside on the back porch, having a cup of coffee. I have to do some work. I've napped this afternoon, so I'm probably gonna be up for a while and um, need to get some things done. Just got back from the store. I went to Safeway to get a couple things. And was uh, just going through some things. Anyway, so um, I need to publish this podcast soon, this episode. It's been a long time. I think what happened was my intention was to release episodes more frequently, but the closer it came to my court date for Karen's wanting to strip me of my rights to my children 
the less inclined I was to publish more information, both because I was distracted and by it, and that was all-consuming, and I didn't want to just rant about that all the time. And uh, I didn't want to fuel the fire, if there was any. And But I'm sure there's plenty of opportunity for someone to seize upon something in the future, because there's still a restraining order. So the trial occurred, and I was not present. And they could have hosted me remotely, but they chose not to because they just wanted to force me to arrive in person so they could put me in jail. So they would rather punish me than allow me to defend myself and present my case. So in no way is the pursuit of truth being served here and I think it's obvious to anyone who thinks properly, any reasonable adult would know this. So I'm not gonna go overboard trying to convince anybody. And so I heard from my attorney afterward, things pretty much fell down the way we thought they would. The thing was over from the beginning. Based on sketchy accusations and preliminary reports from people who don't even know me, I was deemed to be unfit to have access to my children at this time even though there was really no evidence presented that way. And there was tons of evidence that they could have seen against it, which is pretty much like everything. The therapist that I was seeing currently, while I was seeing the boys throughout the divorce, they didn't talk to him. The, the psychiatrist, the MD I saw in Washington, D.C. for six years. I didn't talk to her. Now, they went on the... The only evidence they provided were... Uh, it was the paltry evidence provided by my ex-wife, and which was not even investigated... I mean, you don't, they don't, they don't look at the context of the conversations that we had. They only, she had excerpts of things that I had said, but did not look at the context. And the only other thing was statements from people who were not even Uh, psychiatrists who had spoken to me for probably less than an hour and a half total. So you take that compared to, like I said, a therapist that I had been seeing for a year, maybe, year and a half, 
They didn't talk to him. Voluntarily, by the way. I mean, I was seeing this person voluntarily and not because I felt like I had a problem, but because I wanted, I just wanted to be in therapy. I wanted to consult with people. This is, I think everybody should be in therapy. You don't have to have some life-threatening condition. Something doesn't have to be, and everybody has problems. Are you kidding me? So it doesn't mean you're defective. It just means that you're normal and you need adjustment. It's like your car. Like, do you credit, do you feel like you should go to hell because you need, you have a flat tire? Oh shit, my tire went flat. What the fuck? No, you go to a garage. Go to a garage and get it fixed. Idiot. So anyway, no one talked to these people who actually know me. What they chose to put on the record were statements from people who knew me for 20 minutes here and there. And it was all thrown together, cheap. There was no, they don't care about the truth. They just want to get it done quickly, get it over with. And that's what happened. And so fortunately there, no, there were no ugly surprises. Um, there were some surprises, but nothing too traumatic. Like, for example, they didn't let me appear remotely, but they let the guardian ad litem appear remotely, even though he lives in town. But he, I guess he couldn't drive over there. I don't know what the problem was. But they didn't want me to appear remotely, like I said, because they wanted to force me to appear in person so they could lock me up and serve my 90 days for sending emails. Heartfelt, well-written, earnest emails that were not threatening to Karen, but were only trying to establish communication. See, again, no one cares about context. So anyway, that's over with. And once that day was over, I felt a huge load removed from me that I felt like, I mean, I knew I was, I knew it was a big deal, but until it had passed, I didn't realize how much it was killing me. And just having that date pass was a huge relief. And so we'll see how Karen decides to manage things. It's up to her. It's not up to me. And um, I'm sure I will say things in the future about this, but I don't intend to make this the theme of my existence because it would drive me insane and make me want to kill myself thinking about not being with my children every day. And it's sort of sad when you have to sort of stop thinking about your kids because it makes you too sad to think about them. But in some cases, that's what I've had to do. And I don't like that. And I resent Karen for that. And um, hopefully that will change. Hopefully she will wake up 
or they will be the kids that I think they are and decide they need to talk to me and rebel, hopefully, um, against the unwise concerns of their mother. Which is what everyone is assuring me they will do eventually. I hope so. So, anyway, who knows what the future holds, but for now I'm expressing relief and trying to appreciate it, trying to get on with my life. I feel like Karen's foot is no longer on my neck, even though she has sued me for tens of thousands of dollars and which she inflicted herself because she's paranoid and um, what can I say? Her exaggerated concerns got out of control and <clears throat> she decided to choose a costly route instead of behaving like an independent, critical, critically thinking adult. And uh, this is, and she's footing the bill to me, so. Maybe I'll pay it, maybe I won't. I don't know. Don't have the money for it now anyway, so good luck, sweetheart. Um, but I'm feeling good. Hopefully this is the, I will not go on and on about this. Um, but I do feel some resolution. We'll see what happens. I think that's it for now. Talk to you later. I'll try and release the episode soon. Well, I tried to make it all the way through the episode, um, and I just quit because I felt like, fuck it. This is the way it's going to be, and this is what I want to publish. This is what I recorded, so I'm going to go ahead and push it. So there you go. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Hope you got something out of it. Um, I don't know what my future podcast uh, career looks like um so much of it has been about my 
divorce and the divorce process and the post-divorce. Um, so I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, there are plenty of things I have thoughts about. And so I think it will probably be very different. The format will probably be very different. And um, probably won't have anything to do with my family, I'm guessing. Unless it's, like, pleasant. Like, if I happen to have visitation with my kids, that would be nice. Um, I could talk about that. But otherwise, it will probably be me talking about current events. And unfortunately, see, this is the problem. Um, I am so preoccupied with what's going on in my own life that I do not have time to stay uh, current on current events. So there's, there's the conundrum. We'll see. I don't know what I'm going to do. Anyway, thank you for listening and leave some feedback, please. I'd really like some feedback. All right. Goodbye.